The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to episode of 151 of Fourth and John. You know, we've had this bye week, and as Eagle fans, you know, you have to take a step back, look at the bigger picture. Uh, sometimes it's about family. Sometimes it's about reflecting on life or reflecting on your football team. And, uh, you know, I, I always start off with the three R's. I mean, it's rest, relaxation, and rejuvenation. So for this bye week, I got a, got a good opportunity to, you know, get that sleep in. You know, I wasn't stressed about the Eagles. I wasn't concerned one bit about what they were doing. I took time for me, my family, and just uh, took a little break. I got to relax, whether it's just watching dumb movies, some TV shows, got caught up on some uh, things around the house, um, and, and rejuvenation. I mean, that's a part of, like, coming out of this – uh, by week feeling refreshed, renewed, and, and ready for the second half of the Eagles season. Now, if I'm going back to rest, relaxation, and rejuvenation, looking at this Eagles football team, I, I, I hope this team is well-rested. It's been a banged-up football team. They've had injuries. We're going to get some players back that have been missing the last couple of weeks, whether it be Miles Sanders, uh, Lane Johnson, Isaac Sumalo. Uh, really could help out this offense, you know, relaxation. I hope Carson Wentz and Dougie P got a long, long time to just sit back and relax. We focus on who they are as people, players, and coaches, uh, and get back to being them. And the rejuvenation. Uh, a rejuvenated football team uh, can, can work wonders, folks. If a team gets uh, on, on the right mindset, and really just hones in on who they are as a football team, a rejuvenated Eagles football team could be exciting to watch because the first first half of the season, Evan, is it, it was not uh, a pretty sight. But uh, going off the bye week, F, how are you feeling about uh, the Eagles? Well, uh, me, myself, I'm feeling quite well-rested. Took some nice time off. I enjoyed watching the rest of the NFC East do what we wanted them to do. And the Steelers beat the Cowboys, so that definitely helps us. Uh, and as far just to build off what you were saying about this team resting, rejuvenating, I think that we, as a fan base, needed that as well. I think we needed some time away from this team to just kind of reset our bearings and just take a step back, evaluate the team for what it is, and to move forward to the rest of the season. And I think that once we have all of our main pieces out there, we haven't seen an entire offense uh, take the field at one time this entire season so far. So, you know, having Miles Sanders, Rager, Ertz, 
all the uh, Fulgham, all these guys out on the field at the same time. It's going to be that's going to be a fun part of the season to finally get to witness. There were some little bit of disturbing things that was said by Carson. I'm not going to lie. I, I was a little put off by his uh, most recent statement. And uh, he was just talking about how, you know, he's he's got this ability to escape the pocket, try and force things to happen. Um, hold on to the ball too long is something that we've we've been talking about for a while. And he's talking about how that's a part of his game and how he's not really so sure if he's ever going to get over that. How did that make you feel when you re- when you heard about that? You know, what if I have the quote for you right here, it's a it's a fine line that I will be walking and probably never have solved my whole fully my whole career. I think that's just the nature of who I am and the player I am and how we play and do things around here. Um, this is what I have to say. You know, he would step across the line. Habitually, he's a habitual line stepper. <laughs> the habitual line stepper in Carson Wentz, other known as Captain Saber Bro, it's a gift and a curse because, you know, in these situations where he's trying to extend plays, he puts his team in a, uh unfavorable, an unfavorable position. And you think you think about um, what it's done to this football team in the first half of the season. It is what it is. You know, obviously he's he's growing up watching Brett Favre. You know, a guy who's a gunslinger mentality, a guy who threw so many picks at the most random times. Where you know it's it's just out of control. And uh, when we talk about out of control, uh, it's the 16 turnovers by Carson Wentz. Um, which is very concerning. Uh, he, you know, we've he, he's had problems with fumbles in the past, obviously, uh, but in the last three seasons he's had seven interceptions. But he's got a league-high 12 interceptions. And the problem with the turnovers on nine of Wentz's 16 turnovers, opposing teams are starting drives in our territory. And it's putting this defense in a rough situation. And, like, uh, obviously during breaks and, we talk about uh, you know, refocusing and, and looking at back how you can get better. This is an area of focus where the Eagles can get better, like not turning over the football, the offense of getting the offense getting back to track to being what they are. I feel like the defense, would you agree? The defense is uh you know, there there's been some situations where they've had some, you know, gave up some big plays, but they've been holding this team together. They have been uh, for for as much crap as I was given Jim Schwartz in the beginning of the season. Uh, I feel like that is just kind of a yearly rite of passage. Just, you know, Jim Schwartz is on the hot seat for an extended period of time at some point during the season, but he really has been able to uh, make this defense work with what we have. And just, just a little furthermore on uh, like what you were saying, how Wentz's 16 turnovers, nine of them resulted in uh, ensuing drives taken over from our own territory on those nine ensuing drives, four touchdowns and three field goals uh, were scored. And so like that, uh, there's a lot of capitalization that's being made off of Carson's mistakes and so you you add up those four touchdowns and those three field goals, that's 37 points. And while the Eagles haven't been lighting the world on fire, their season point differential right now is minus 19. So if you just, you know, put those two stats together, if Carson doesn't make all these mistakes and we don't give up all this field position, we could end up having a more positive uh, point differential. 
I mean, you just think, you think about the situation. Just if those players are just punts, all those are punts, and uh, you know you, you turn you, you don't turn the ball over, you just punt the ball away. You know, we could we could be seeing a, a different record there. Uh, but in in life, just like in football, mistakes will happen, and uh, adversity hits. And coming out of this break, it's how will this football team rebound? Um, how will this team? learn from the adversity, whether it be the multiple lineups in front of Carson Wentz. The offensive line has been kind of like musical chairs the last couple of weeks. Um, we saw some positives. Jordan Melata, Jack Driscoll, Nate Herbig. I'd say Jason Jason Kelsey has been who he is uh, all the time. He's been all world for us in this Eagles offense. I think he, he's a stable piece to the Eagles offense. But, you know, this this episode, uh, we really wanted to basically go down the roster and uh, check in and see uh, where where these guys stand. What uh, is it exactly you do around here? <laughs> What's that? You never seen uh, Office Space? I did. I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, we're just evalu- we're evaluating the team for what they actually do do around here. If they're just kind of copping a. You trying paycheck. to steal someone's stapler? You trying to steal Carson's stapler? You trying to put him in the corner? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, it, it's, and it feels like you no know, Eagle fans. I know we're all we're high we're all high on Carson in, in our hearts, but uh, the reality of things is, you know, it hasn't been pretty for him this season. No, this is uh, this has been a season unlike any other I've seen Carson Wentz in. Um, Carson is a guy who from the jump from the first Browns game that he ever played his first ever NFL game. You can see the talent that he possesses. And I'm not saying that you can't see the talent he possesses anymore. Cause th- we do certainly do see flashes of it, but the matter of how many more mistakes are made more frequently is hard to ignore. And, you know, you can blame it on injuries all you want, but it ultimately comes down to, you just have to watch it with your, with your eyeballs, give it the eye test and see, man, he could definitely lose that ball a little bit sooner. He could he's holding on to the ball too long. He's making wrong decisions. He's not seeing open receivers. These are all things that, you know, are on him and they need to be addressed as such. And what we're going to do on this episode, uh based off of an article from the Athletic, uh Zach Berman, he did a uh a stock report on uh the Eagles. I thought it was a great opportunity. I'm like, you know, that's that's a good idea. Like just Going, going over this team and, and checking to see where the Eagles are at um, after this, um, you know, after this uh, break. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, it feels like we're piling on Carson Wentz, but, you know, we're starting with Carson Wentz. Again, we talked about his 16 turnovers, which lead the NFL, uh, league high, it, uh, 12 interceptions. You know, Carson Wentz has had some solid performances where you think about uh, trying to put the team on his back on a couple games um, and, you know, you're talking about the Ravens, you're talking about the Steelers that we hung in there. Um, you talk about the Giants game. Um, just, just, you know, putting the team on his back, whether, whether it's diving in for a touchdown, uh, you know, hitting Boston Scott on, on a, a key, you know, play to, t- to take the game. Mm-hmm. I think Carson wants it. He's just been a gift and a curse this year. <laughs> His play, play, and uh, obviously the stock is down on on Carson Wentz. You know whether it's uh, I don't know if he's in his head thinking about 
uh, Jalen Hurts sitting behind him. I don't know if his, his play calling, I mean, Coach Peterson's play calling and Carson Wentz is coming together perfectly. I don't know, um, is it the the continuity of uh, different players in and out of the lineup on the offense? I don't know if that's affecting his game, but we've seen it. Um, yep. The eye test shows it. The the accuracy issues, ball placement has been a problem. Um, knowing when to throw it away, uh, hit the check down. Again, that's rearing its ugly head. So, uh, again, if, if if anything, I hope they really got into Carson Wentz, Wentz's face and said, hey, it's a it's a man in the mirror moment where you have to sit and realize uh, what your ways are. And the ways haven't been great, Carson. So, stock down uh, for me. Uh, yeah. So, my, my, stock, my stock is definitely down for Carson Wentz. And there's one thing in particular that I'm looking at right now, and that's his fumbling stats. My man's got 55 career fumbles in his five-year stretch. Um, just going in order from his rookie year, he had 14, 9, 9, 16, and he has seven so far this year. And that stat, those stats are telling to me is they're kind of painting a story. So, you know, he's having a real bad fumble problem so far this year. He's had a real bad fumble problem really last year as well, 16 fumbles last year. I think it's a factor of him not having offensive weapons and the exact thing that we've been saying, he's holding on to the ball too long, trying to make things happen. And it's just like, if you could eliminate one thing out of Carson's game, would it be his interceptions or would it be his fumbles? Where, where would you tackle? Uh, it's just, that's a tough one, dude. Cause they're both hurt. They're both hurting the football team. Yeah. Um, I'd say both. <laughs> I mean, just don't turn the ball over, dude. Like it's, it's imperative. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I feel you. Um, it's just something that I, I think I feel like the fumbles are almost more avoidable than the interceptions. The interceptions, the ball gets a little bit loose from you. The ball sails on you. It gets tipped. Something like that happens. But I feel like the fumbles really are something that just get rid of the ball, man. Like, how hard is it? Like, you, you know, the pockets collapsing around you. You know, you can see that no one is open down the field. Throw it out of bounds. Like that's all we're asking. I mean, live live to play another down is something that goes off in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also, you know, uh, I've always said, <laughs> we never go break rope taking a profit. Mm-hmm. I keep hammering that home because, you know, I I love. I was watching Alex Smith play recently, the, the Washington uh, yep. game, yep. and just watching him. You know, there's a part of his game where they, he just hits the check down. That's all, that's part of his game. Like he, him throwing deep is not really a thing, but like his ability to know when to hit the check down, it's a thing. Like he knows when to hit the check down. And I, if Carson wants to watch that game, I'd be like, did you just see what Alex Smith is doing right here? Just that part of his game. Yeah. Like getting rid of the ball or just, he knows where the guy is. Yep. Like if, if all hell breaks loose, he has the guy waiting, he'll either throw it away, throw it at their feet. He knows how to get away from those situations. I think that's where Carson needs to tap into. Yeah. Um, and then, um, go ahead. So if there's just one more thing I could add on to the, the Carson Wentz pile on is the, the what I've noticed this year is, and, and in previous years, is the eye banging of his receivers, man. He does it every game. Like he's really looking to one side of the field each passing play. And he's got maybe one or two options. And if they're not there, he's missing open receivers on the other side of the field. 
I think he just I, I don't I don't even know what to say about that. How do you how do you tell a quarterback to expand his vision? How do you tell him to use his neck muscles and look around? There's other options out there. <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah, I just I just feel like part of it is like uh, you know, seeing the field and just you know, you, you see him get when he gets when he gets nervous, you know, you see it. He's yeah, like, he gets frantic and he yep. he's running around. Uh, or there's another part of his game where he just goes here. He goes like a hundred percent hero ball, and he's like, "I'm a stud. I'm ballsy. I don't take no shit from anyone." <laughs> and it, it, it'll either create an amazing play, or he'll just cause another turnover. And that's yeah. where uh, we need to get get away from. But wow, I mean, we we did. <laughs> we piled on a little bit. We, we did pile on. Uh, we put some gravy on that. <laughs> Yo, we're not. This is this is not a homer podcast. Obviously, we were homer for the Eagles, but it's it's the reality. Um, and we just he set the bar for our expectations. Yeah, we know what yep. Carson can do. We know he can play better. And this is where we're at. Uh, and going down the line, um, you know, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts has been. Uh, I think uh, we still haven't seen enough of Jalen Hurts. I think I've seen. I think I personally have seen enough in the sense where it's, it's feeling forced. It's feeling it doesn't feel right. Uh, you go back to the Dallas game. And you, I, I understand what it brings to the table as 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 a defense coordinator, thinking I'd get to be ready for Jalen Hurts at any given moment. Um, his ability to run the football, but like when it's it's like first and four against Dallas at the goal line. What is there a need to bring in Jalen Hurts and then get a, uh, uh, you know, they got a penalty for delay of game? Like, how? Why cannot? Why can't we start with Carson Wentz at first and fourth? Like he's a hundred million dollar quarterback. We don't need to get cute here. Like, there's a there's a there's a time and place for things. I believe Jalen Hurts. You know, he's added some spice to the offense. I'll, I'll give that. But when you're lining your quarterback up at wide receiver maybe seven times a game. It's seven times too much for me in the sense that it's just, he's the guy. I mean, yep. Carson Wentz is the guy. Like, I mean, what are, what are you telling Carson that you need trickery to get this offense on back on track? I, just sometimes it just feels forced. I do like, I, I do like it at some parts of the game, but it's, does it feel forced to you? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Gail, you know me. I've been saying it since the since the draft. Uh, this they, they said that they wanted Taysom Hill on steroids. I hated this idea from the get go. I hated the idea of a two quarterback system. I think more than ever this year, we're seeing how Carson might have a little bit of a fragile type of personality, and like just to have. I mean, you look at how that we just got over the Foles conversation and, and, you know, Carson versus Foles. And like everybody knows that Carson's the better quarterback, but the, you know, there's, there's people out there in the fan base that want to, well, Foles won the Super Bowl, So, and so that's what keeps that conversation alive. And then you bring in another young gun in a high draft. I'm, I'm sorry, in the second round of the draft and to sit behind Carson. And now you're forcing him into the offense to me, it just doesn't make sense, and it doesn't fit either. I mean, Jalen Hurts seems like a talented enough guy, but he's still very green. And in his few opportunities that he's had, he's got two fumbles already. 
which is the same problem that we're dealing with out of our starter. So, I mean, w- would I rather just watch my starter fumble or my backup? I, <laughs> um, but it's it's I agree with you and the fact that it feels forced. It feels to me like this front office is trying to justify drafting them in the second round. Um, and and we've gone on and on about who we could have drafted other than him, uh, what that draft pick could have been utilized for. I, I, I'm not over the moon about Jalen Hurts, but I am still thankful to have him as a backup because I think he is probably one of the better backups in the league. Yeah, I think I think we still just haven't seen enough from him yet to I, for, for me to give him. Uh, you know, he he's his stock is uh, at a standstill right now. Uh, I think he's, he's only had 27 uh, snaps on the season so far. Uh, you know, Nate Sudfield. Uh, I'm going to go stock down on Nate Subfield. I just think, uh, you know, he's had his opportunity to, like, get his chance here. Um, I guess, you know. When has he had his opportunity? Well, I mean, you're talking about in previous years to, like, take a win hold. Win the backup his, job, you're saying? You know, win this opportunity. Like, if, yeah. if, if Subfield was really putting it, like, if he was killing it, he would, they would have never drafted Jalen Hurts. Like, yeah. if, he was a, if he was a solid number two, uh, and they felt like, you know, solid about Nate Subfield, we wouldn't be here. But um, so, you know, and then Josh McCown got taken off our practice squad. Yeah, lost him, man. Yeah, you know. So it is what it is. Uh, you know, you agree on Nate Subfield? I agree with Nate Subfield. I mean, I really don't think that we have seen enough from him. And it's funny because we heard the opposite a few years ago. I remember hearing about how Nate Sudfield was lighting it up in practices and in uh, training camp and how, you know, we're going to have a really good backup in him for future years with when we have Carson out there starting. But obviously, you know, things change. Time changes things. And if he was not performing well, I totally understand getting another backup quarterback. I just still to this day don't understand getting it in the uh, second round. Yeah. Looking going, going down the list uh, to the running back position, you know, Miles Sanders, while he has been banged up a little bit over the last couple games, he's missed three games on the season, but he's been an explosive talent. Uh, You know, he's averaging 6.1 yards per carry has broke off some ridiculous runs. He's got two seventy-four yard runs on the season. You know, obviously the offensive line has been banged up over the last couple weeks in the games that he's played in. So it's a, you know, it's an opportunity for, you know, that group to get better as a whole as we move forward. But I think Miles Sanders, some of those plays showed you the explosiveness that he has in his game, Uh, whether it be catching the ball out of the backfield and taking it to the house. I feel like he's, he can take it to the house from anywhere on the field. You know, some people, you know, have, have, you know, there's been, you know, some people in the media have, have been down on Miles Sanders, but like Miles Sanders is an explosive talent. I feel like, you know, he can, he can, he can break a play off a couple missed tackles and take it to the house. And that's an explosive option. Not many teams have that ability out of the running backs uh, to give you something on the, the ground game and in the passing game. So I think Miles Sanders, uh, the injuries, they damper his stock a little bit, but I'm, I'm still, I'm still high on Miles Sanders from what he's bring, what he brings to the table. So you're saying his stock has gone up? I'd say, I'd say, um, I'd, I'd, a little bit. It's not way up, but it's a little. Yeah, no, bit. I, I, I agree that it trickled up a little bit. Um, 
Yeah, that, that that's pretty much where I'm at. I, I look at Miles Sanders, and he is kind of exactly what we're looking for in a running back in this offense. He can catch it out of the backfield. Uh, you know, he can get to the outside. He can even run up the middle. Um, he seems he seems like a, a well-rounded uh, piece for this offense. It's just you know that that the injuries are hurting this entire team. I think for me, uh, his stock has gone up. I think he's the best running back, obviously, on the roster. Uh, he's the best option we have. And I just w- the only thing I want to see is more of him. I want to see him more involved in the game plan. I feel like uh, you know we start to get him going in games, and then we just start to veer away from him. And that's uh, that's not something that I want to continue to do. I think that we have certain playmakers on this team, and he's certainly one of them. I mean, if he's popping off a couple 75-yard runs in a season, I think in consecutive weeks as well. Um, so if he's showing that explosive ability, I want to tap into that, and I want to get him involved um, more creatively in the offense, screen plays, whatnot. Yeah, I agree on that. You know, moving down the line, Boston Scott, you know, there was a part of the fan base that was not impressed with his ability to be a change of pace earlier on in the season. Sanders, I mean, um, Scott came up big in the in the Giants game, uh, making a phenomenal catch. Um, I, I thought, you know, against Dallas, he you know was running the ball pretty well. Mm-hmm. You know, he averaged uh, four point seven yards a carry against the Cowboys. I just I thought um, he brought something to the table when. You know, Miles Sanders was not in the game, uh, not in, even in the game plan. And I just thought moving forward, I'd like to see Boston Scott show up a little bit more when he get, when given the chances. Um, Corey Clement, I'd say, uh, the, you know, they had made mention of the Super Bowl Corey. <laughs> Miles Sanders talked about Corey Clement looking like Super Bowl, Bowl Corey. I'm not sure I'm, I'm feeling that. He's, he just hasn't looked like himself. I got a stock down on him. Um, how do you feel about Boston Scott and Corey Clement? Uh, Boston Scott is a guy who I kind of like, I, I wanted to say that they were going for a Darren Sproul, a Sproles prototype when they picked him up. Uh, when you look at the timing of it, Sproles had just left the team and, you know, they just signed Boston Scott, who is kind of a carbon copy of his build and his sort of play style. He, d- he definitely, you know, isn't, up to Sproles' caliber that we saw uh, throughout his career. We haven't seen that yet, but he's making strides. I think that Boston Scott has done a good job uh, given the opportunities that he's been given. You know, with Miles Sanders out, I think that he did step up uh, in certain situations. I think he's uh, really good in the, red, uh, in the red zone. He's got that, you know, since he's such a small, compact guy, he can find holes and hide behind the linemen. So I, I think those are all positives uh, to talk about with Boston Scott. Corey Clement, on the other hand, he is falling like a rock in water, man. Like he, he's having a rough season. There's really not, nothing much else to say. Corey Clement's peak, I believe, in his career was in the Super Bowl, uh, specifically in the Philly Special uh, moment. That that is probably the peak of his career, and we are we're heading downwards at this point. Now, Jason Huntley, he's uh, provided some. Uh, some snaps on, on on kick returns. He's had a couple of plays uh, uh, on offense, but um, right now he, I think his stock is flat right now. Yeah, yeah. I really don't have a big enough sample size to be able to gauge where he's at. Yeah, we went down to wide receivers. Obviously, the headliner here is Travis Fulgham. 
his stock is way up in in our hearts. Um, yeah. I feel like where he's where we, where he was projected at the beginning of the season to be part of this offense was like it was he was it wasn't even a talking point. Now he's been a phenomenal uh, threat. Uh, he, he leads the NFL with 435 receiving yards. Uh, he leads the Eagles in, in receiving. You know, he's been just a first part of the season has just been just very uh, depressing. <laughs> and uh, Travis Fogum has been a, you know, definitely um, a ray of light in terms of a playmaker, a reliable, uh, consistent playmaker on the team mm-hmm. hats off to travis fogelman he's done a phenomenal job where are you at on travis i mean obviously he's probably the highest stock on the team right now if we're talking about um the differential of where they started he was a penny stock at the beginning of the year and now he's like you know fortune 500 he's looking really good i i think that the key factor of travis fogelman is just his big playability i mean he plays with di- with a different energy i feel like than uh, the other players on this team that his first touchdown I'm thinking about in particular that really put him on the scene is, you know, all the way uh, like five weeks back or whatever. Um, Just his ability to not only come down with the ball and that one opportunity was given, but to also have that, the awareness to to toe tap the line because he was going out of bounds uh, to secure that touchdown. He's a very aware player. He's a very talented player. I think that we really are witnessing the blossoming of wide receiver one on this team. I'm really excited to to move forward with him on this roster. I, I you know, we went into this year and we were talking about Jalen Rager and he's going to take over as wide receiver one. I think Travis Fulgham has really given him a run for his money, man. I'm not saying that Rager won't play. I'm just saying to have them on opposite sides of each other on the field. I'm I'm really excited for that. So so his stock is way up for me. Yeah, moving on to Jalen Rager, um, you know, like some some might have his stock down due to his injuries, but for me, like, you know, how he got injured on that on that second uh, play was going up for the football when the Carson Wentz left him hanging out to dry, <laughs> and he ends up getting injured off that play. Uh, but he's had a you know he's had a fifty yard fifty five yard catch in week one. Uh, just recently had a touchdown versus Dallas. Uh, I loved the way he was utilized against Dallas. And that's where moving on to the season, I, I think his stock is high for me. You know, his use on pre-snap uh, motion, I think you can use some screens. I, I love just how that, how they motion across the, across the line and did like a sprint out. And usually utilizing that speed, that's, that's great to me. Uh, you can use them in the short game. And then he can get vertical. For me, I think uh, I think his stock is going to be up for the rest of the season. Very excited to see what he brings to the table. If you look across the league and see other rookies who are flourishing right now, you know you could do that to yourself, or you could just realize what Jalen Rager is for this offense and what he showed you when they give the uh, put the ball in his hands and he gets targets. Mm-hmm. Uh, before you complain, or like, oh, why why is he not uh, Justin Jefferson right now? Let's just the reality of the situation is he, he dealt with an injury. He's back. Uh, he scored a touchdown in his last game. Um, and I think the sky's the limit. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think that uh, he has so much potential. And I agree with you with the fact that I think there is a lot of people that are just looking around in the league at the healthy um, rookie wide receiver options, uh, the ones that we passed on, you know, Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk. 
and just how electrifying they've been in their own respective offenses. You have to factor the fact that like, like we know going in from training camp, just this dog mentality that Rager has anytime he's out there, he's going to be playing with just, you know, all of this anger, this, he's got a chip on his shoulder and we see that when he plays, we see that in his play. And I, he just hasn't spent enough time on the field to really make the impact that the other guys in the league have been making. But you know, the, the second half of the season is still yet to happen and Carson and him seem to have good chemistry, so I'm expecting a big, big second half from him. Uh, moving down the line, Greg Ward. Uh, for me, his stock is up. I felt like he's been a re- reliable, you know, weapon for Carson Wentz. You know, he's he's trustworthy. Again, people don't realize Greg Ward has had this relationship with Carson Wentz for a while. Like he's been, you know, on the practice squad. Or, you know, he's been on the back end of the roster for a couple of years now, and then finally gets his opportunity to shine and he, he's showed up um yep. you know uh he's caught 40 percent of his re- receptions on third down uh 10 of those um 14 catches have gone for first down so in terms of uh being a chain mover for the eagles he's been that um yep. uh moving on to john hightower for me i think his uh his his, his stock is about uh it's it gone it's gone up a little bit for me. I think his his ability to get deep and be a deep uh, play threat. I think that's what they brought him in here for. I think I need to see more uh, consistency at the catch point, whether it's tracking the ball or going up and and getting, you know, using his hands. Uh, so stock up for me for Greg Ward, John Hightower. You know, it, it's it's it moved a little bit, but I think for a fifth round, uh, well, day three selection. I think he's uh, performed pretty decent. Yeah. Uh, as for me, Greg Ward, dude, I love that guy. He has been so consistent for us the past two years in some really bleak times. He's like, to me, he's like Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid during the process. You know what I mean? He's just, he's been a really solid piece. And uh, during, during some really rough times where, you know, we, we don't have potential to do much uh, other than with him. As for John Hightower, I can't really give him the nod of giving him a little bit of stock up. He's either at a flat line for me or at a slight little decline. He's shown some great ability to be able to burn cornerbacks, be able to get open deep downfield. I just need to see. There's been too many instances of dropped balls for me. I need to see him uh, start to reel these balls in. And, you know, he's he had... Uh, two consecutive weeks, I believe, where he had 50-yard bombs, and that's great. But he's had a lot more opportunities than two. And uh, to only cash in on those two, I, I just need a little bit more to to move my ticker. <laughs> well, you know who's not going to move your ticker is the uh, J-Naw, a.k.a. J-Jaw, or a.k.a. Oh. Whiteside, or a.k.a. Thagathtron. Remember that? <laughs> uh, I just feel like at this point, Fulgrim has be, become what the Eagles wanted out of J-Jaw. I feel like, you know, whether – I don't know what is going on behind the scenes or, you know, why he they can't get him acclimated to this offense What it, what it or what it is. Um, and the fact that they didn't trade him away during, you know, that, that would have been an opportunity uh, to give him a new change of scenery if that was the thing. But, you know, looking at the last game against the Cowboys and him getting – season low five offensive snaps that's concerning you know it's it's just it questions like 
where his where his place on this offense actually is, or if that's never going to come to be. But I have a stock way down on JJ Thega Whiteside. I think um, moving on to Quez Watkins, I feel um, you know he, he. I thought there was going to be potential for him to, to get on the field uh, and and show out a little bit, but I think with this uh, this the step chart, it's hard for him to get any playing time. Uh, so there's no movement there. Um, how, your feelings on Jay Jaw or Quez Watkins? Um, so as for Jay Nall, I think that all hyphen wide receivers, I'm done with them, man. And it, JJ, Ortega Whiteside, Doriel Green Beckham, they're all the same to me. Uh, they come in here with a lot of potential, come in here with a lot of talk about all the things that they can do. And ultimately, they just don't perform. Uh, Jay Nall has had multiple years now to show what he brings to the table. And I haven't seen it. I simply haven't seen what he's good at. I mean, he was brought here from Stanford because he can get the ball at the high point. He can make, he can make the contested catches. When's that happening? Give me, give me an example of that shit happening. He doesn't do it. And so if, if he doesn't do his main thing, he doesn't do anything, you know, secondary. I, I don't understand exactly why he's on this roster, why we're still trying to, to push this thing, uh, to push this failing effort. I think that he should have been moved at the deadline, but I mean, I understand that maybe they don't want to give, get back like a, a sixth round pick for a second round selection. Cause that'll just be even more proof that, uh, you know, they're bad at drafting for uh, Kez Watkins. I really haven't seen enough out of him yet. You know, he's just kind of a flatliner for me. I don't think he's gotten many opportunities to really uh, to show me what he's made of. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the veterans, Sean Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey. I feel like Sean Jackson stocked down for a player who uh, is one of my favorite Eagle players. Um, one of them, all, one of the all-time favorites for me as an explosive talent, just been injured. Uh, obviously, that last injury was off a cheap shot, um, but just – what we were expecting versus what we versus the reality of what his stay in Philly has been like the last couple of years. It's been very, very uh, depressing. Yeah. Uh, you, you, when it, the whole thing is like, when is he going to get healthy? There's still opportunity for him to come back, but it's just, you, you just don't know with Sean Jackson. Asan Jeffrey has been a complete mystery. I don't know if they're trying to trade him. I don't know if he, he's really injured at this point. If he is ready to go, if if they're going to actually play him, where you know, I think bringing him in and, and putting him in the offense, it's definitely a positive. Like he he is a productive and talented wide receiver. Just it just all seems weird to me what what's going on with Alshon. So in that situation, stock down because we we haven't seen anything from Alshon, and then the rumors of them trying to like move him and where he's at behind the scenes with the the organization like I, I don't know man like he's definitely collecting paychecks and it's not his fault it's uh you know how he's the one that you know paid him so I, I feel like that that heat that he's getting from that part of the fan base like you, don't be angry with Alshon how's the one that paid him so but this this way the situation is uh lining up I don't I, it's a whole question mark with Alshon yeah uh, DJX is a guy. Th- this reunion has really been 
just depressing. Uh, I was expect I was so excited when Sean Jackson was coming back to the Eagles. He was obviously a guy I wish never left. He left there in the whole uh, Chip Kelly Chip Kelly purge, and that was a guy I was really sad to see go. Um, and to be honest, you know, we let him go in his prime, and he didn't come back in his prime. He came back. He was he he played the entire career. He's injured. He's a shell of himself, uh, of his former self when he used to be on this team. He's just not the same player. I mean, you, you get a little bit of production out of him when he's healthy, but it's not enough. It doesn't warrant the reunion in my eyes. I think that we could have gotten that same production out of somebody else. But, you know, I, I guess I'm glad to see him in Eagles green again, but not, not for much longer. Um, Alshon Jeffrey, on the other hand, what what a weird character arc he has had on this team uh just from being every everybody loved him the year that we won the super bowl and then ever since then it's just been you know he's been putting sour taste in people's mouth whether it's the Justine anderson comments whether it's you know just him and this whole weird um inability to get back onto the field for whatever reason these mystery injuries you know, they're, both of those guys, the stock is down for me. And um, I think that they're kind of just cashing their final paychecks on this team. I don't think they're long for it. Moving on to the tight ends. Obviously, Zach Ertz has dealt with injury as a recent, but his play has been uh, just kind of up and down, whether it be him thinking about getting a long-term contract or uh, announcing that this could be his last season as the Eagle, I think. That's played played into his uh, his down season this year. I think uh, obviously he's a favorite in our hearts for his play in the Super Bowl and all, all his uh, reliability over the last couple of seasons. It's just been a really weird season for Zach Hurts. Now he's dealing with an injury. Hopefully they can get him back soon uh, so they can dial up that 12 personnel the way they want to. Uh, but uh, definitely stock down on Zach Hurts, Dallas Goddard. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say uh, it's kind of even for me. I, obviously, he's, he's dealt with another injury, but I feel like uh, you know he, he had he started off with a bang in week one. I just think uh, you know he, he he just has to stay healthy. You know, I think uh, last last week, you know the the production really wasn't there, but I, I feel like they didn't really dial the the play design a lot of plays for him last week seeing that he was coming back from injury. Uh, I remember Carson Wentz was saying that um, recently, just saying how the game plan didn't really work out for Goddard. But I think moving forward, I think the stock is high for Dallas Goddard. He's got a great opportunity to shine. Rich Rogers, for me, I think stock up for me as a, a depth player, um, he's, he showed out, came up some some nice catches over the last couple of weeks uh, and been, been a reliable target for Carson Wentz with um, the other – uh, Dallas and Zach dealing with injuries, he, he showed up. Yeah. Dallas Goddard is a guy who, uh, you know, I, I think he's been growing each and every season so far. Uh, I've, whenever he's on the field, he's super, uh, super productive. I think he's more of a prototypical tight end in my eyes. I've been saying this than Zach Ertz. I think that he's the more well rounded, can block, uh, you know, can break tackles. Um, that's, that's what I think of when I think of a tight end, um, that, and I think Dallas Goddard fills that role. So my, my stock has been up on Dallas Goddard. My stock is down on Zach Ertz, however, man, 
you know, Zach Ertz set the bar for himself. He has the most receptions in a single season in Eagles history. He is obviously he has great hands and obviously we know everything that he's capable of, but he hasn't been living up to that this year. He's been, you know, he's, we've seen dropped balls out of Zach Ertz this year. We've seen just locker room tension being caused by him. And that's completely out of character for him. And it's certainly not helping the team in a time where we really need help. So, uh, yeah, my, my stock has definitely dropped for Zach Ertz. That is correct. <laughs> uh, moving on to the offensive line. Uh, obviously, I think Jason Kelsey has been a, a model form of consistency for this, this group. Uh, he is the... If you want to you if you want to look at perfect player for these back into the roster guys like Jason Kelsey it a, a day three selection who's become this cult hero in Philadelphia and for this uh, Eagles nation I think Jason Kelsey has been uh, just been a ray of light in an offensive line that's been banged up so I got stock up there Jason Peters I got I got stock down on Jason Peters He's been, he's been in and out of the uh, lineup. Obviously, he wanted more money to move out and play left tackle. It's just been, uh, been kind of weird. Obviously, we know he's at his age. Uh, he's long in the tooth. And then Melata, stock, way up for me. I felt like Jason uh, Melata has performed fairly well, given his, uh, his history. I think, uh, I think I'd love to see Jordan Melata. But going off those three players, Kelsey, Peters, and Milata, where are you at? Milata, uh, start with him. My stock really st- was starting to rise for him. I was really excited to see him out there and we're actually reaping, um, you know, the benefits of him sitting behind Jason Peters for years. I think that that was, uh, honestly, uh, before, prior to the season, I was calling that a failed project. I was saying that I'm sick of this experiment, trying to get a rugby player to play tackle. But when push came to shove and we needed to actually put him out there, he held up his end. Hello, motherfucker. <laughs> he, he, he surprised me. Um, as for, uh, it was Jason Peters and who else? So, uh, Jason Kelsey. Jason Kelsey. Um, so as for Jason Peters, you know, man. <laughs> it's getting long in the tooth here, bro. Like you, you're going to have to consider hanging this stuff up. I, th- I think, and I saw a very good point that was brought up online uh, last night. And just the fact that like how confident, like we talk about how skittish Carson Wentz seems, how just uneasy he seems in the pocket. And um, I think a big factor of that is just the unsureness of, or the him just being unsure of uh, the left tackle position. You look at Jason Peters and he's hobbling to the line each and every play. He's physically not at peak performance. You know, he's, he's an older guy. He's bruised up. Obviously, he's he's playing through injuries and stuff like that. But he, if you're watching your blindside tackle just gingerly walk up to the line like he can barely move before each play, how does that give you confidence that he's going to hold down that end? Be, be real with me. I'm not feeling good. Yeah. Uh, I'm just wondering where he's at physically every game. I'm like, is he good? Is he, is he, is he going to pull something? Is right. he? That's what it, Jason Peters is my guy. It's just, it, it, you know, he, it's Jason just, Peters, 
is my guy, but it is what it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. And um if you ever go to a club and you see an old person in the club and you're like, he's a little too old to be in the club. Yeah. That's where Jason Peters, that weird like you see me in the club, you're like, Yeah, a little too old to be in the club guy. You should be in the lounge. I'm helping her get through college. <laughs> it's 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 a young man's game. That's what the NFL is, and um, sometimes the veterans can can go out there and perform, but it's a young man's game. So, exactly. yeah. So I just think that Jason Peters, you know, his stock is just continuing to trickle down. Uh, he's not the big issue on this team, I don't think, but he's certainly an issue within it. Um, and he's taking time away from a guy who I do think is performing in uh, in Malata. Like, I would rather see Malata at that left tackle position. As for Jason Kelsey, um, to me, he continues to be uh, one of the better centers in the league. I, I think that he is a guy who has been a mainstay at this team. He's been uh, a key factor in, uh, you know, Carson Wentz's stability. And, uh, you know, as, as much as that's worth. Um, but I think that he, had, you know, he's, he's, he's also an older guy. He still has the ability to get downfield, uh, on running plays. So I, I really, I really like Jason P uh, I'm sorry, Jason Kelsey. And I think his stock is, um, going up slightly. Looking at the right side of the line, um, Lane Johnson, uh, you know, I, it's definitely stocked down for me. He's been a consistent player for the Eagles. Uh, he's dealing with injuries this year. And uh, he's, he's really trying to gut it out. And that's what you're seeing on the field. Last week, you know, he had the, well, he had the, uh, he's got the ankle, uh, the one that he had uh, drained during the uh, offseason. Now he has a knee injury on top of that. So I'm, I'm glad he didn't play last week. Um, you know, besides the injuries, you know, he's, it's just been a rough year for him. So stock down there, uh, Matt Pryor, he's, he had an opportunity to get reps. Um, hasn't been the guy um, that the Eagles can rely on. Uh, he's, he's been serviceable at times, but then other than that, I think he's just – I think that's where a weakness is with Matt Pryor, stock down there. Um, if I'm going to some of the youth, Jack Driscoll, you know, a guy who's a, a fourth-round pick. Uh, he got two starts this year. Um, and I think he was serviceable. And then I think – that's the kind of uh, that's kind of, what you want, want to see out of your younger players. So there, it's stock up for me. I think he's shown that, that he was to be serviceable in uh, you know emergencies type situations. So Dr- Jack Driscoll was impressed for me. Your feelings on uh, Jack Driscoll, Lane Johnson, and Matt Pryor? Uh, yeah, um, you know the first two in. Matt Pryor and Lane Johnson. It's been a rough year. And Lane, Lane Johnson is a Pro Bowl player. He's someone that we, we rely on every single year. But this is a rough one for him. Injury is definitely a major factor in it. I think that he is personally, I think he's trying too hard to play through this injury. I think he should just give it a rest. And hopefully this bye week is the rest that he needed uh, to really let that heal up and get a little bit more stability um, on that ankle. As for uh, Matt Pryor, it's man, that that that's just a an ugly spot he's in right now. He hasn't been performing well at all. He's been getting beat the hell up, and um, you know, obviously, 
we're missing Brandon Brooks badly this year. Uh, that That is a guy that he was looking like he was in phenomenal shape. Uh, he would really be a game changer in this offensive line, Brandon Brooks. Um, but as for Jack Driscoll, uh, I, I like what we got out of him for a fourth round pick. Uh, he seems to be a guy that can really fill in, uh, in the tackle spot. Uh, he's filled in well, in my opinion, uh, in the games that he was asked to step up. Uh, so I think we have, you know, some promise and, uh, it seems like we actually hit on a few draft picks this year. I think he's one of them. Yeah. Uh, Last but not forgotten here, uh, Nate Herbig. I think he's been a he's been a real bright spot. Definitely stock up there. You know he can play left guard and right guard. Mm-hmm. Um, you like that versatility. But I feel like you know for undrafted rookie, he's de- he's he's developing developing nicely. I think uh, you got to you know hat tip uh, Stoutland. I think the job he's done with the younger guys been phenomenal. There's also Sue Opeta and Brett Toff, uh, Luke Dariga. I don't think we've seen enough from those guys to, yeah. you know, for their stock to go up or down. And then um, closing it out with Isaac Sumalu. You know, he's been injured since week two. Uh, I think getting him back would be super nice. So, I mean, his stock is down, but I feel like, you know, if we're looking forward and, and thinking about – what could be with his offense? Him getting Isaac Suomalo back would be really nice for the uh, Eagles' offense. It would be huge having Isaac Suomalo back. While he's not the most um, impactful player on the team, he is certainly a utility guy on that offensive line. He can really fill in at any position, guard or center, maybe even tackle. And so, I think having him uh, just available uh, would be huge uh, as far as the depth is concerned on our team. I'd, I'd personally rather see him out there than Matt Pryor at the guard position. Yeah, and the, and folks out there, this is this is the long podcast. This is this is the midterm. Uh, this is the midterm grades. This is where we're we're really de- digging deep. Uh, so if you you stick stick it out with this, we love you for it. We appreciate you. And this is what we're doing. This is the midterms here. Yeah. And we're trying to figure out where we are as a football team. And uh, for me and Evan, we will see you guys in the next one. And as always, fly, Eagles, fly.